sifter.com.au. It's a like really cinematic kind of arcadey game, if that makes sense. I wanted to try to put those two like completely polar adjectives together. It's like journey combined with like Katamari Damashi. <laughs> like <laughs> Hi, my name is Gianni and I'm the executive producer of Sifter. Thanks for listening. Cast your mind back to 2019. Now, a lot has happened since then, but we got the first glimpse at a post-apocalyptic game which stars an animal protagonist. You might think, oh, I wonder if he's talking about a game called Stray, which made its debut on PlayStation 5 earlier this year. But in fact, I'm talking about Way to the Woods. It's made in Melbourne by mostly one developer, Ant Tan, from One Pixel Dog. It's a magical adventure where a deer and a fawn must make their way through the ruins of humanity. I had the opportunity recently to sit down with Ant and find out a little bit more about this game, uh, what its design inspirations were, where it's at, and when we can expect to play the final version. I started by asking, what is Way to the Woods? Okay, so Way to the Woods is a 3D third-person adventure game where you play as a deer and a fawn who must find their way home on a journey back to the woods. It really reminded me of um, of a particular image that used to spin around the internet a long time ago. was uh, these fish, these look like koi, that were swimming in an abandoned um, shopping centre. I don't know if you know the image I'm talking about, yeah, but it's like escalators and stuff. Was that yeah. part of the inspiration behind this? Um, yeah, so there is this photograph from i think it's an abandoned mall in hong kong or taiwan and it just looks totally like derelict these escalators are falling apart you can't see anything working in that place it looks like it's nine stories tall or whatever and from what i can imagine like the rain is just collected and pulled at the bottom and somehow i don't know like birds have dropped these like koi like a little like fish into the bottom and they've just multiplied they've gone unchecked and there's like a thousand fish in there and it looks like no one's been there for like a hundred years um that's what i imagined the place is and i looked it up later and i found out what it really is but um that's not far off and i just thought that was a crazy like visual that i've never seen before and i really wanted to do something i wanted to build a world where that made sense you know there's a lot of really interesting stories that can be told i guess in like a, a post-human or like an animal one uh, stories we told we've seen an example of this that's just come out stray you know which is a, a story told from an animal perspective can you tell me what are some of the challenges about telling a story like that um and and thinking about playing as a as a deer yeah so the biggest the biggest challenge is that when you're a deer you can't talk and you also have no hands and you don't really have a facial expression or anything like that. And so a lot of the story has to be able to be told through sight and through like things that are happening to you. Um, and then there has to be a huge focus on like the animation and the 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 body expression of the, the deer themselves. So it's kind of, I kind of like looked at different examples of people who've told stories like that. And a lot of it's like silent films and theater and like, um, I looked at other animations with animals and stuff. And a lot of them do the kind of like, uh, you know, like the Pixar kind of thing where the animal just talks or has like a real human face. But I really wanted to stay like 
I really liked, I, I admire how Stray is like, you are literally a cat. But even in Stray, you get a talking backpack like five minutes in. I, I kind of like want to try stay in that realm of like, you're an animal. And then slowly just put in things like there is dialogue and stuff. But um, I never want to be like, you're not a deer. Like no one, you don't have like, an absurd personality. You're just a really cool, like, you're a really cool deer, you know? You're not a standard deer, though, because most deers don't have, like, magical blinking antlers that illuminate the space. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the fantasy elements that are they're making up this game? Yeah, so the there there is that element of um, your antlers glow and you can use them to collect light and interact with light and... You understand it about as much as a deer would, you know, <laughs> once you get it. And that is one of the things that, one of the mysteries that the game presents is this like antler power and what is it and why is it and why are you using it? And that all starts to like fold into one story thread that goes throughout the game. Um, but yeah, there, you should always about understand as much as the deer, a real deer would. So a lot of the signage might make sense to you. A lot of the like devices that you find really make sense to you. A lot of the like old human relics, like you find like a smartphone and you're just like, what, what is this? It's like glowing for you. <laughs> That's about it. What sort of game is this to play? Is it a sort of a, a puzzle adventure game? Is, is it a really a story based game? You know, how, how is it? that people will be enjoying this when they get their hands on it. The most important adjective for me is that it's fun. Like it's a, it's a, it's a like really cinematic kind of arcadey game, if that makes sense. I wanted to try to put those two like completely polar adjectives together. It's like a kind of, it's like journey combined with like Katamari Damashi. Like, I kind of wanted to have a cinematic, like, really genuine and uh, sincere story put into a into an environment that is, like, intriguing and, like, base questions and then combine it with a mechanic that's just kind of, like, fun to fiddle with. And then the, the most important part of the game is that you're a deer, so the movement as a deer... Is like there's this gif of like a deer that's bouncing through the the beach like on an ocean, and it's gone. It's like a super popular gif, and I it is like the uh, the heart of the gameplay. Really, is like this bounce button that you have. Um, just like in the game, it's not called jump. I think it's called sprawling. So like that kind of sells the philosophy of what I want that button to do. It's like yeah, it's a fun button. <laughs> That's a lot of little fun, fiddly things. Like um, people, I looked at a lot of like walking simulator-esque games and tried to think about how I could make those more fun and more engaging while staying within the scope of it. Tell me about, I guess, the, the contrast for this world. Are all the humans gone? Uh, is it uh, just that this place has been abandoned? It looks beautiful to look at, but in a kind of, yeah, post-apocalyptic decay sort of way. The first shot of the game is you're led through the woods by this mysterious like deer god spirit and 
it lures you through the woods and as you go through the woods you come across a creek that's just covered seeps in this like black ooze this ominous oil and that's when you find out that your light power has been gifted to you so that you can clean this up and as you clean it up you find hundreds of relics just washed up in the creek trash but this trash is like kind of cool so it's like little smartphones and little like gadgets and toys and things that have been thrown away long forgotten about and as you progress through the world and you get lost in it you just um you'll start to piece together the answers and what's happened here you know yeah and like the uh the ancient conflict and tragedies that have occurred before you know yeah, like little snippets that you can find and you go start to piece it together that's my favorite thing of uh, the post-apocalyptic <laughs> genre i spent many many hours collecting every little tidbit i could in like horizon zero dawn for example yeah Completely, you know, you could pass the game. It's not part of the thing, but you just get that big world. Um, you first sort of announced this game in 2019. It's mm-hmm. A lot has happened in that time. Um, what has been the process like of developing a game uh, over the last couple of years? And, and where are you at? Well, with in regards to what we were talking about before, like with the world and the like story, I really wanted it to, to be like meaty, right? But then this type of game is like the less you know, the better. So... It's like writing it, imagining it for like a year and then putting in nine sentences about it, (laughs) like 50 words max, explaining the words like straight on and then having to figure out ways to really show it and feel it rather than just kind of reading it and then kind of compromising a bit with like NPCs who can kind of give you a bit of more expository dialogue. Um, a lot of the development process has been figuring out figuring out what is best for the game. So it like has gone in a couple of different directions, but they didn't feel like what this game should be for me. Um, and then the ways that I wanted it to be were like hard to do and um, they're, they fail easily. So it took a lot of trial and error and a lot of like learning myself. Cause you know, I didn't really know how to make this game before in like 2017, 19, whatever. When I first started it, I was starting from scratch, you know, like I knew how to do the art, not very well. <laughs> but, um, and then I had to like learn how to become professional and then do the programming and then the animations. I had, I had help with all these things, but like I still had to do it, you know? So it's just the labor and the the skill gap between what I wanted to make and what I could make at the time. And yeah, just, there's just a lot of, a lot of love that has to go into a game. And so I have just immense respect for anyone who can finish a game. Yeah. It's, it's so hard, especially when, yeah, hopefully it's worth it. And people will be like, Oh yeah, I kind of see how this took a long time. <laughs> you know, it's not a long game. It's just a very, like, I try to make everything the best it can be that I can do it in this time period. Have you been mostly working by yourself with little bits and pieces of, of help from here and there, or is it a bigger team working on it? Um, yeah, so it's mostly myself. Like anything that touches the game is like 99% me. And then I have people who help me on things like the music. Um, so most of the music that goes into the game is made by Ivy and Surishu. Um, they compose and write it and stuff and mix it. And then for the major, uh, the bulk of the animations is done by... Avis Chambers, who is a contractor I found on Twitter because she makes these really cool 
like deer animations. And I was like, oh, I need you. Um, and then I have like, uh, like those teams that help me like brainstorm, which involves like everyone who's ever touched a project. You could, you know, I just, you want to like be a part of the sessions. And I, I like kind of just see artists that I like. And if I like them, then I kind of be like, hey, do you want to like do a couple concepts for me or like little props and stuff? And then, you know, there's a lot of uh, kind of with the philosophy of the game, it kind of matches that. It's just a bunch of things that I like and appreciation of things that are beautiful. I just put them in there. It's almost like a like a collection of pins on a Pinterest or something like that. It's all kind of come together. That's what it sort of feels like um, yeah. when you're describing it. When can people, uh, or when are you planning for people to be able to have a chance to, to play this game? Um, how far off are we are from where you think you'll be releasing? So a couple of people have played the first level already, but um, I want to get it all done by the end of the year and then maybe like first quarter of the next year you know because it's just going to take a while to do all the translations and the marketing and then the localization and stuff that's a little like behind the curtain but um yeah and then you get a pass certification once you if you want it on xbox consoles so that's going to take some time because i've never done that before so i'm going to leave a couple of months and then you know let's say like uh elden ring 2 drops in february or something i don't want to be around that so <laughs> i kind of just gonna hold my cards to my chest for a bit but um when it drops i'm hopefully gonna be like back on social media and just telling everyone non-stop and doing tiktoks and doing um yeah, doing all that circuits, doing another Sifter podcast, hopefully. <laughs> so That's Ant Tan, game director of Way to the Woods from One Pixel Dog. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Fiona Bartholomeus, Kyle Paletto, Daniel Ang, Adam Christou, Mitch Lowe is our senior producer, and my name is Gianni DiGiovanni. I'm the executive producer. If you've enjoyed this interview, why not check out our podcast, Lightmap? We speak to game developers from all around the world. We find a little bit more about what it takes to make the games. You can find the interviews including Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Curse to Golf, and many, many more. So head to your podcast player or check out the playlist on YouTube. Look for Lightmap for our interviews there. And subscribe to Lightmap so that you can get all of our interviews, including the upcoming Way to the Woods interview, uh, when it drops into the feed. You can find a lot more articles, videos, and interviews on our website, as well as reviews. That website is sifter.com.au. Until next time, have fun. Hi, I'm Kyle Paletto. And I'm Fiona Bartholomew. And here are the top stories this week on Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly news podcast for Sunday, 12th of May. Xbox kills four Bethesda studios, including multi-award winning makers of Hi-Fi Rush and Prey. Helldivers 2 players go to war, loving 200,000 negative reviews after Sony tries to force mandatory PSN logins on PC. Hades 2 gets a surprise early access launch this week, and it's already smashed the previous game's record. And Nintendo confirms we'll learn more about the next Switch by this time next year. You can get every episode of Walkthrough for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or on our website, sifter.com.au, every Sunday. 